This is the On The Banks Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at OTB underscore SB Nation. Now, here's your host, Lance Glenn. Hello, everyone. I am, of course, your host, Lance Glenn, and this is episode 54 of the On The Banks Podcast, our fourth emergency podcast episode. You can follow me on Twitter at Lance underscore G11, and, of course, you can follow On The Banks on Twitter as well at OTB underscore SB Nation. There are many ways to listen to this episode and every episode of the On The Banks podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. Just search On The Banks podcast. You can find us on any of your favorite podcast platforms. And of course, you can find all of our podcasts and so much more great content by going to onthebanks.com. This is our fourth emergency podcast episode. And frankly, if you don't know what it what it's about yet, then you must be either living under a rock or just generally not paying attention. We come out with these emergency episodes, and our last three were all after bad things happened. First was when Eugene Omaruyi transferred. The second was when Chris Ash was fired, which I guess is positive or negative, depending on how you look at it. And the third was when we thought Greg Schiano Part 2 was not going to happen. But here we are one week later from when we first recorded our third emergency podcast episode, episode 53, announcing Greg Schiano won't be returning to Rutgers. We thought the dream was dead. We thought Coach Shiano wouldn't return. We thought Rutgers Athletics, frankly, made a drastic mistake. But seven days later, after a week of backlash and renegotiating, the prayers of many Rutgers fans have been answered. Coach Shiano is back. He will once again take on the task of rebuilding this program, and he will once again lead Rutgers football. To talk about this huge, exciting news for Rutgers football and Rutgers Athletics overall, I am so happy to be joined by the managing editor of On the Banks, Aaron Brightman. Aaron, look, it's finally happened. What we thought was inevitable finally came to fruition this time. How are you doing? It's been quite a whirlwind last week for Rutgers that can finally, really happily, come to an end. Yeah, absolutely, Lance. It's been a true roller coaster. This is, uh, I mean, how many times have we talked about it's going to happen, it's not going to happen, and uh, it's it's certainly been a very dramatic process. Uh, I guess with Rutgers, you know, being uh, fans, uh, nothing's ever easy, and uh, this certainly was not, um, and it really was a fascinating uh, kind of turn of events uh, the last, specifically the last week. Um, but yes, at the end of the day, um, what's happened is what I think makes the most sense by far um, and I think that it's uh, it's certainly uh, a big day for Rutgers football and the fan base and, and every everyone that uh, supports the program and I think that um, you know from day one starting today um, the credibility of the program and the uh, na- most importantly the narrative the narrative of Rutgers football has changed uh, dramatically overnight literally and uh that is uh so so important and a huge head start in the rebuilding process for this program so let's aaron just begin with our general reaction mine was one of excitement and joy and i know this um the news broke around midnight a little after i was asleep when it happened i woke up to what was this big announcement this morning you know, I said from the beginning that I didn't think any coach could unite and re-energize the fan base like Coach Chiano, and I think we saw proof of that this week. You know, sure, it took longer than what we all wanted and certainly had more ups and downs than we thought it would have had, but hey, at the end of the day, people need to remember this still is Rutgers. You know, the fact is they got this done. They have their new football coach all, of course, pending approval on Tuesday of uh, by the Board of Governors. 
And now they have their leader who has shown that he can bring up Rutgers football once before. And frankly, I see no reason why he won't be able to rebuild Rutgers once again. Yeah, I think that the two things that, that Greg Schiano, uh brings to Rutgers football immediately is an identity uh, and credibility. Those two things are tied together, I think. I think, um, you know, just in terms of the keep chopping mentality and the style of play in terms of how the fight of, of this team that we remember from over from a decade ago when Shiano was in charge um, and just the ability to uh, overachieve at times. But I think most, most importantly, uh, this program needs players more than anything. And I think it is a huge talent infusion and no one gives you as great an impact right away on the recruiting trail as Greg Shiano uh, returning to Rutgers. No other coach uh, except for Urban Meyer, which is never going to happen, even though those couple people that emailed me, thank you, but no. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, uh, uh, listen, you know, and fans have, you know, rightfully some concerns about, you know, how far he really will be able to take Rutgers up the Big Ten ladder. But from a recruiting perspective, you know, recruits, they don't, you know, and, and I sound old here. I'm not trying to make anyone sound old, but you know, most of the recruits he's recruiting, you know, don't weren't even really old enough to remember when Shiano was here. But what Shiano can say is, listen, when I was at Rutgers, you know, we beat the number two team in the country. We beat the number three team in the country. We were ranked in the top ten. You know, these are things that resonate with recruits that you know they don't have to have it's it's not about nostalgia or memories it's about hard facts and shiano can say that to them so when they people say well she you know when when people negatively recruit against records that well shiano did it in the big east he can't do it in the big 10 well listen he beat the number two team in the country and the number three team in the country uh you know he had them in the top 10 uh it, it, those are the types of things you know he produced X amount of players in the NFL. He's going to have those former players be able to talk to recruits um, and be able to, to show that, hey, you know, this program can develop you into, uh, you know, achieving all your NFL dreams. And he did it for players, not only that were four or five star players, but for two and three star players. And I think that is a huge selling point. And, and, and you know, he, he is still relevant. You know, the fact that he was the top Big Ten recruiter at Ohio State in 2018. He was the number two recruiter per 24-7 uh, sports you know, in 2018 in the country. You know, I get it. He was at Ohio State. But the point is, this guy, people know who Greg Schiano is in the class of 2020, in the class of 2021. You know, and now they're, they're, they'll learn the history of him at Rutgers. And it's it's honestly, a big part of recruiting is is, is his story. And, and as, uh, being able to sell people on why you will be successful here under this coach. And he has a heck of a story to sell. And you know you brought up uh, NFL alumni, and I think the alumni are so important in all of this. In all of this, we discussed in episode fifty-three how not hiring Coach Ciano would distance the Rutgers football alumni even further than they already were in the Chris Ash era. You know, once it was reported that he wasn't coming back, we saw alumni such as Ryan Hart, Eric Legrand, Sean O'Hara, Jeremy Ito in the last couple of days, and so many others all speak up in support of Coach Ciano. You know, we said that it would take a whole community to bring back this program. And of course, the alumni are a big part of that Rutgers football community. You know, I think you'd agree with me on this one, but hiring Coach Ciano is the best move the school could have made in bringing back those successful alumni, considering when you look at past and present NFL rosters, most of those Rutgers alums in the NFL played for Coach Ciano, and Coach was the one who helped get them to be the successes that they are right now. 
Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, uh, obviously the number of NFL players has dwindled a little bit since Shiano's left, but there's still uh, many uh, of those that played for him that are there. You know, the NFL playoffs are not that far away. You know, the Patriots are going to be, you know, uh, a big story once again. You know, obviously with uh, the McCourty brothers and, and Deron Harmon, uh, you know, that's going to be center stage. Recruits watch NFL playoff games, you know, that's going to be beaten to death. And Mohamed Sanu as well. Mohamed Sanu as well with the Patriots. Yes, new as well. Good point. Uh, so, you know, that that's four guys right there that all had great Rutgers careers that all played for Shiano that, boom, you know, uh, I, I know people don't like the Patriots in, in, in uh, our area, but, you know, you kind of want to root for them to go far in the playoffs because that point about Shiano returning, uh, I mean, when you have Jim Nance and Tony Romo talking about Rutgers, and, you know, I mean, that, that's just priceless um, benefit. Um, but not to mention, yes, what you're saying in terms of building the community, you know, I mean, look at Ryan Hart and, you know, Brian Leonard and how involved they got, you know, wanting to bring back Shiano. I mean, that is going to be such value um, for this program, uh, just in terms of, of player, uh, players wanting to be here um, and building a sense of, of belonging and a sense of family that this program has sorely lacked for a while. Um, and, and, and that all ties into identity. And I think that, you know, the, the, the other thing that, you know, people never talk about because it's right. It's all about on the field results, but you know, people forget that when Shiano was in charge, I mean, the, academically, the football program was, was in the top 10% APR wise in the country, you know, and that's fallen off over years. So, you know, his ability to relate to players and, and, and develop them for life, you know, uh, I mean, Eric Legrand is, you know, I mean, ha- how passionate he was about him returning, you know, uh, I wrote my article this morning about how you know he handled the car accident um back then uh in 2004 and, and how he treated those players and you know just the, the the man that he has proven to be um in terms of developing men in this program i think is is unmatched and uh i i think that um you know the players uh obviously you know listen every coach is going to have the detractors in terms of former players but um i think it's an overwhelming majority of players uh that are going to uh support and and, and be very vocal uh, for Shiano in, in getting this thing turned around uh, and getting Rutgers uh, headed in the right direction. And I think what is so important, not only did he bring in uh, or is he going to bring back the Rutgers football alumni, but what he's going to do is really bring back the entire fan base. I mean, just over this past week, after it was first announced that Coach Shiano isn't going to return, we saw obviously our good friend and the host of, of the Scarlet Spotlight podcast, John Newman, started a campaign of, you know, everyone donate $52 if you were to retweet. And I think he's raised over, you know, over $300,000 for sure. And I think close to $400,000. We've heard reports um, that there's a $20 million gift waiting for Rutgers if they were to hire Greg Schiano. So what it's what's so important in this whole thing is that now not only are the alumni coming back, but the fan base is coming back after what really has been about, you know, six or seven years of of a fan base that was tired of the losing, a fan base that was almost to a point of giving up, really, uh, once it was told that Greg Schiano wouldn't be the head coach. This fan base is now going to come back. The season tickets are going to come back. I'm sure you're going to see a big boost in terms of, of how many more season tickets were added when numbers finally do come out. The donations are going to come back. And everything that Greg Schiano is going to want in order to rebuild this program, that's going to come back. And the fan base is going to be a big reason why he's able to rebuild and really re-energize this Rutgers football program and hopefully turn it in to a team that's constantly winning like he did a decade ago. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, um, 
you know, in, in terms of, uh, first of all, John Newman, what he did online is really amazing. And it just speaks to uh, kind of modern times in terms of how things go viral on social media. But um, it really was quite the statement to see so many people. You know, I, I what I loved about it is that, you know, uh, so many people, rightfully so, uh, were being negative. They were pulling their season tickets, pulling their donations. But this was all about being positive. And it was also making a statement that, hey, this is the power of what Shiano can bring. Um, you know, it, it, that you can't even quantify fully, um, but the enthusiasm and the confidence that he brings to the fan base um, is, is uh, you can't match it. So I think that um, that was a huge statement. And I think that, um, yeah, I, you know, if you look at the numbers that Keith Sargent reported a while ago, I mean, season tickets in 2015 were 32,000. This year uh, for the 2019 season, they were down to 16,000. So they were down 50%. And you know, even even if a credible coach was hired, they probably would have been less for next season. So it, Shiano was the only coach that you could hire that the season tickets are going to go significantly up right away. Um, you know, Pat Hobbs had mentioned in the initial press conference that 10,000 season tickets equal 4.5 million in revenue. Um, will they get that 10,000 uh, ticket seat uh, jump right away? I think it's possible. I mean, you know, who knows at this point? They might even exceed it. But even if they come close, I mean, that is you're not going to get that kind of benefit from anyone else. Um, you know, I think that, that there does need to be uh, patience um, because, listen, you know, uh, as I've written, Shiano is no savior. Um, but he is a program builder and he, he, no one is more prepared walking into this situation than Greg Schiano. He knows exactly what needs to be done. Um, you know, uh, the report about how he had a 200 page notebook pr prepared with a roster evaluation and, you know, transfer, uh, portal, uh, names, uh, identified and, you know, listen, he, he's, he, he's going to work and, uh, those that remember him, you know, he doesn't do anything, uh, without being all in. And I think that, um, that if any, thing is, is is the most exciting thing because he's going to grind this out and really listen you don't know their coach would have come here and and had more on the line so to speak from a legacy perspective i mean you know shiano truly cares about this program and this is his legacy now you know he he left it as as good as it's ever been and uh obviously that all was blown up and you know the puns of you know uh the flood and the ash and all that stuff but um listen he's starting over essentially um, but this is a chance for him to really cement himself as, you know, a Rutgers legend, let's face it. And, you know, people can, can argue with this, but I don't think he needs to take him to a Rose Bowl to leave as a legend. Um, I think, it, you know, like I said, I think really the, the, the goal is credibility um, and, and, and just respectability. This uh, Having Rutgers being a respectable middle-of-the-pack um you know, Big Ten program, and listen, there's nothing nothing wrong with that. I, would you not want to be Iowa? I would. I would kill to be Iowa. You know, they just finished another nine and three regular season. Um, you know, I think Kirk Ferentz has been there that long for a reason, and I think Shiano is is our is our Kirk Ferentz, and um, I think that uh, having him back now, uh, obviously, uh, in the short term to midterm, is a huge boost for this program. Where he takes uh, Rutgers long term is it remains to be seen, but um, you know, I. I just uh, I can't see him not returning this program to respectability. And, you know, you brought up a key word there, and that was patience. And we put out on uh, the On The Banks um, Twitter site, uh, of course, you can follow us at OTB underscore SB Nation. Uh, we put out a poll saying without knowing the, the roster, without knowing the coaching staff, 
Uh, what should be realistic expectations in terms of wins in Greg Schiano's first year? We gave the options of less than two, three wins, four wins, or five plus wins. And it was good to see that the majority of fans so far have voted either three wins or four wins because that signals that fans are willing to wait and fans are willing to give him time because look this team is as we've seen this season uh it, it needs a talent influx um it obviously you know needs to bring in a staff that's able to develop the players develop young players from freshman year to sophomore year to junior year and ultimately to senior year and that's of course going to take time and we saw how long it took Greg Schiano to finally get Rutgers to respectability in his first go round and while I don't know if it will take five years again for Rutgers to get to another bowl it's certainly not going to happen in year one and probably won't happen in year two. This is going to be a rebuild that's going to take some time. And I think it's good to see that fans understand that and are willing to be patient with Cochiano as he once again tries to rebuild what is the worst power five team really in college football. Definitely. I think, you know, realistically, if you look at the roster, I mean, from, from uh, it, you know, Big Ten football, especially, it, you win games in the trenches and right now Rutgers on the offensive line and defensive line respectfully is nowhere close to a big 10 level team. So I think that's really the key from a recruiting perspective. Obviously you need playmakers, obviously he needs to establish um, stability offensively. Um, and I think, you know, obviously get that, that quarterback that, that will uh, provide stability to that position. But at the end of the day, until you build up those lines, Rutgers is not going to be competitive in the big 10 and that takes time. And especially on the offensive side, um, you know, linemen take a while to develop. So I think that's really going to be a key spot where from the transfer portal perspective, uh, Shiano's going to have to, to get some talent in um, and from the Juco side as well, because they need to beef that line up really quickly. Um, I think that, you know, it's going to be fascinating. Uh, I think you're going to see recruiting impact right away. Um, I don't know how much he's going to be able to salvage a 2020 class, but certainly 2021 class is going to be the highest ranked class Rutgers has had in years. Um, I'm very confident in saying that. I think the transfer portal, you know, there's going to be some interesting people out there. Um, but I think competitive-wise, I think, you know, uh, listen, by year three, I hope that we're really seeing things on the right track. But I think, yeah, realistically, year four, um, I don't think they're competing for bowl games until then. Um, I, I, I think, listen, if if, uh, if if everything goes right, you know, I think – is a possibility but i think more realistically year four um and i think you know from there uh, listen if, if shiano can, can consistently lead Rutgers to six to eight win seasons you know maybe nine wins here and there um you know even uh, and, and if you look at the big 10 east i mean maryland is down um you know michigan state is down you know the uh, d'antonio's future is it cloudy there indiana had a great year but you know long term i don't know uh so there, there is opportunity there yes penn state ohio state michigan you know they're going to be up the, on the top for the foreseeable future um but you know with the crossover games of the west i mean R Rutgers could you know uh be, be be in solid footing uh by year four and 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 from there really be uh you know, a consistent winner uh, in terms of going to bowl games and having winning seasons year after year. And I think, you know, people will have short memories, but if you remember how you felt even yesterday, you know, and, and, and give the team credit, you know, they never quit this season. Um, and they gave Penn State all they could handle for most of the game yesterday. But this, you know, the, the, the I mean, they've won 13 games in five seasons. 
<laughs> so, uh, you know, for, for, for where we we're, we're hoping Rutgers goes, I think wherever they go, uh, if, if, if that is a six plus win season, um, you have to, you have to be happy. And I think that they can do that, but I think, yeah, at the first two seasons, certainly, you know, I think that the one thing you should expect and, and hope to see, and I think we will see is this team being more competitive, uh, and having, uh, uh, more of an identity, uh, on both sides of the ball than they've had in, in, in some time. So let's talk about how this whole contract came about. You know, I believe it's eight years, 32 million, around 25 million of it is guaranteed. There were so many different characters really involved in this story of how the contract came to be. Pat Hobbs, Greg Brown, of course, Greg Ciano, you know, members of the Board of Governors. And then it seemed like Governor Phil Murphy got involved at the end to help push this across the finish line. Were you surprised by the amount of people, really influential people, to get involved and with the governor's involvement, you know, really signaled to me that he sees a respectable, successful Rutgers football program as not only just being good for the university, but good for the state of New Jersey overall. And he wants to do his part, at least, to change the narrative of Rutgers football throughout the state. Yeah, well, it really highlighted the power of, that Shiano has and the credibility he has in the state. I mean, when you're talking about having the governor get involved in a football coaching search, I mean, uh, I'm sure it's not unprecedented per se, but it certainly isn't normal. Um, and I think that, that yeah, I, I think that that's really what happened here. I mean, um, the Pat Hobbs' is athletic director with Greg Shiano is, is certainly going to be fascinating to watch. Um, I'm sure things will come out over time and uh, how uh, this whole process uh, kind of went down. Um, I'm sure there will be a, um, you know, a uh, nice story uh, presented. But I think that the reality is, is that obviously this search did not go the way that Pat Hobbs intended it to go. Um, you know, it's pretty funny, actually. He always said he wanted to hire a coach by the start of December when the season was over. And here we are, December 1st, the day after the season. Um, but I think he got to the point he wanted to. But I don't think it, it, uh, the route he took to get there was anywhere what he anticipated. I don't think he honestly had... Um, uh, really understood or thought that the, the momentum um, that Shiana would have uh, with the fan base, with donors, and and really with with the government, uh, <laughs> I, I think that you know Murphy obviously um, when this thing fell apart last week, uh, there's no doubt in my mind that he got involved with this. So I think that that is 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 certainly fascinating, um, and how this will. Um, move forward in terms of the athletic department with Hobbs and, and Shiano's dynamic will be something to watch for. But um, yeah, I, I think it just shows that um, people wanted, uh, you know, listen, Shiano brought Rutgers to, to where they've never been before. And I think that there's a certain comfort in that. And he, while I agree that he isn't the only coach that could have turned the program around a second time, I think that it's a, he's a known entity um, and he brings the confidence level. So I think the whole process, you know, it was it was certainly mishandled. I think that for to take three weeks um, plus, and at the end of the day, it sounds like Shiano got what he wanted. So, um, you know, eight years, uh, eight years, 32 million, four million a year, uh, I don't know how it's structured year over year, but you know we talked about this uh, the other day when the podcast failed. I mean, it's not like yes, in real world terms, that's a lot of money, but he's going to end up being the twelfth highest paid coach in the Big Ten right now. So from that perspective, it's not like Rutgers broke the bank; they just got into the game. You know, they're finally 
at a level where they should be for the Big Ten. You know, it should only go up from there. But really what Shiano wanted and was asking all of the whole time was to be competitive in the Big Ten. And, you know, if Pat Hobbs wants to go to Rose Bowls, then Rutgers has to provide that support. And I think that at the end of the day, that, that's what it was all about. I think he was smart. He knew he had more leverage right now than he'll ever have once he signs that contract. And he fought for it. And I think that, you know, um, the assistant salary pool is so important. And, you know, the numbers haven't come out on that yet. But I think that's going to be, you know, by far larger than Rutgers has ever had. So these types of things are so important for a program uh, to compete with the likes of, you know, um, the top teams in the Big Ten, but even the middle teams in the Big Ten, you have to you have to give them the resources necessary. And I think with with a competent coach like Shiano, everyone has confidence and faith in him that with those tools, he'll be able to build a winner. So let's you know you mentioned the uh, assistant salary pool. I, I know NJ.com put out a couple days ago, um, I think a very good article detailing some potential um, uh, hires that Greg Schiano could go with at the different uh, assistant positions. So let's kind of go, not one by one, but let's kind of talk about some people that we think could definitely at least be in consideration for offensive and defensive coordinator. Of course, a couple names that are being thrown out, obviously, right away are Nungio Campanelli, Anthony Campanelli, uh, Fran Brown, um, the list goes on and on. They also, NJ.com, at different... Um, position coaches they they threw out taekwon underwood they threw out bostad from uh wisconsin the offensive line coach currently at wisconsin um so names are being thrown out and i think we'll hear because recruiting is starting up very soon i think we'll hear who the assistant coaches are gradually but i think we'll start to hear very soon exactly who is going to be on staff and what positions they're going to be filling so in your mind who do you kind of foresee uh being the the assistants for greg shiano who do you kind of foresee him going after especially if there is a much larger salary pool which we are expecting for assistance, for assistance, excuse me, who do you foresee him going after to really build this Rutgers staff that has New Jersey ties? I'm sure he's going to go after that, but also has the ability to develop players from when they're, you know, young freshmen to ultimately, you know, older, more experienced seniors. Yeah, I think, you know, this is really the question now, aside from a recruiting perspective, is is who is Shiano going to bring to build the staff and to develop this program uh, in terms of on the field? And I think um, there's a lot of intriguing names mentioned. Obviously, uh, Fran Brown, um, Anthony Campanile, uh, you know, Nunzio, I I think, are are certainly people that will be in the mix. I think Nunzio did an amazing job as the interim coach. I think he'll definitely have a spot on the staff. I don't think he'll be offensive coordinator, probably his tight ends coach. Um, Maybe he'll make him you know recruiting coordinator or maybe even assistant coach who knows but i think he'll be taken care of i think you know uh from a defensive coordinator perspective i think you know could you see a combination of, of anthony and, and fran brown maybe um personally if i had to go with one i'd go with fran brown i think his, his south jersey impact recruiting wise would be huge and i think he's a rising star as is anthony but i think the fact that fran brown's been a defensive coordinator uh he has more experience than anthony does in that role um i think another that, that uh, you know, uh, aside from Anthony, Jim pa- uh, Panagos, those two assistants were, were uh, kept initially by Ash and then let go. And those two guys, I think, um, you know, th- that was a mistake. And I think Panagos is an amazing defensive line coach. Um, he's at Minnesota now. I think it might be a little hard to get him back, but he is from uh, Brooklyn. So I think that, uh, you know, and he has a huge recruiting presence here as well. So for me, I, that might even be the, honestly the first call that, that Shiano makes in terms of getting the coach back here. 
that would be a huge thing. Um, also defensively, you know, I love the idea. I've, I've mentioned it before. I think I mentioned it on both podcasts and never made it to <laughs> made, made it to publication. But um, you know, Steve Belichick is someone to, to keep an eye on. I think it would be a little bit of an out of box hire, but obviously Shiano's close with Bill Belichick, and um, you know, Bill's son Steve has had a great season calling plays uh, for the Patriots defense, um, and I think he would be an amazing recruiter. Uh, you know, obviously he was a cross player at Rutgers and, and was a walk on uh, on the football team under Shiano. So there's that relationship already. Um, and I think that would be a great hire. Um, but otherwise, I, I think on the offensive side, the real question, and, and one thing I didn't mention before, is Shiano is his adaptability. That's really what's going to make or break his success in, in, in uh, the sequel at Rutgers, is his ability to adapt, learn from the mistakes he made the first time. Um, and, and I think, listen, as unstable as Rutgers has been on the offensive side of the ball, it, it did start in the Shiano era the first time. So I think that that's really key. I think we don't even know what offensive system he wants to run. You know, I have heard that it's going to be some form of a spread, uh, which I think makes sense for, for uh, modern times. But I think that who is he going to get as that first initial uh, offensive coordinator? Um, you know, I, I, I know NewJersey.com mentioned Sean Gleason, the former uh, Princeton offensive coordinator who's at Oklahoma State. You know, I actually think Andrew Arich, who, is, who replaced Gleason at Princeton um, and coached for Shiano at Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers, um, I think he's an intriguing person. I don't know if, if he maybe he hires them both, um, but I I think um, that's a name to, to watch for. Uh, and I think that uh, whoever he does get as offensive coordinator is obviously going to have to set the tone. You know, I, I don't think John McNulty will return, um, but that would be interesting. I think, uh, you know, you might see a former player um, um, brought in as well. Um, you know, I know Tyquan Underwood has, has been an offensive coach uh, at uh, Lafayette um, and is working for the Dolphins now. So, you know, he obviously uh, prospered under Shiano. But I think overall, you're going to get a good mix. I think you're going to get a strong local connection. I think you're going to get um, some real experienced coaches, but I think you're going to get a few intriguing young guys too um, that can really recruit. And I think uh, the dynamic of, of his staff is going to be so important for how, how we hit, he hits the ground running um, and, and makes an impact both on the recruiting trail, but most importantly right now, player development-wise. And I think we both agree that it has to be a New Jersey-centric staff because I, you know, everyone has said that one thing that really hurt Chris Ash from the beginning was that his staff was a bunch of guys who um, he thought were up and coming, a bunch of guys who had no New Jersey ties, some of which have gone on to great success. I mean, Drew Merringer, look what he's doing at Texas in terms of recruiting as well. But other guys obviously did not have the success that I'm sure Chris Ash thought they were going to and did not rise like Chris Ash thought they were going to. So I, I think we both agree that this has to be a staff um, that has New Jersey ties, that has great New Jersey ties, not only you know in North Jersey and the powers of the Don Bosco and the Bergen and the St. Peter's Prep, but also uh, down south like Rutgers has recruited Vineland very well and Timber Creek and, and Egg Harbor and so on and so forth. It has to be a staff that can really go from the top of New Jersey down to the bottom of New Jersey and recruit every single part, you know, evenly and, and extremely well. I, I do agree, but I also think that, that Chiano has more of a focus as well, not more of a focus than New Jersey, but a, a better understanding of the need to recruit nationally as well. And I think you will have a couple of guys on the staff that will have some connections in key states, whether it be Florida. I, I, I think being at Ohio State, I think Chiano sees untapped potential in Ohio. You know, that's the type of state that, you know, if you get a second tier recruit in Ohio, you know, that's still a really good prospect. So I think... 
you're going to see a little bit more of that than we did the first time. And, and I think that, you know, Shiano had a great uh, run of developing assistance. His first run, you know, PJ Fleck, Mario Cristobal, I think, you know, obviously getting a couple of key young guys like that will be important, but I think you'll see a more experienced veteran staff than he, than he traditionally had the first go around. And before we end this uh, fourth emergency podcast, reacting to obviously the hiring of Greg Schiano, um, let's lastly talk about obviously the dynamic between Greg Schiano and Pat Hobbs, because that's something that's been widely discussed over the last you know few weeks, whether or not Pat Hobbs even wanted Greg Schiano from the get-go. But the fact is, he is the head coach now. Uh, he is the one leading the football program. They both have big personalities, of course. They both you know are really the two stars now of the athletic department. How do you kind of foresee them, you know, balancing and how do you foresee the dynamic between the two considering they're going to have to be together a lot now. So whether or not they like each other, whether or not Pat Hobbs wanted Greg Schiano in the first place, they're going to have to coexist. And how do you kind of see that happening? And how do you see their relationship forming as, you know, Greg Schiano now tries to rebuild this Rutgers football program? It's going to be certainly interesting to watch, that's for sure. Uh, um, I think that, you know, from a, listen, from a fundraising perspective, I think, uh, you know, and, and uh, I, I, I think that Shiano could be a huge boon for, uh, for Hobbs from a fundraising perspective. And I think you have uh, real dynamic head coaches now. You know, you have Shiano, you have Steve Peichel in basketball, you have Scott Goodell wrestling. Um, you know, you have C. Vivian Stringer, Hall of Fame women's basketball coach. I mean, you have some real personalities that I think on a, if they can establish a unified front on a fundraising perspective, I think it could really do wonders for, for Rutgers Athletics. And I think if Hobbs is smart enough to, to harness that, um, that, that, that could really, uh, really benefit all parties involved. I think from a management perspective moving forward, I think, you know, it's really too early to tell. Um, but I think that uh, it, it's, it's certainly going to be something to watch. But I think, like I said, I think Shiano knew he had the most leverage in, in, in terms of, of asking for things um, before he actually signed the deal. So I think that, you know, uh, facilities are improved when he took over, but obviously far behind. I think um, really it's going to come down to fundraising in terms of getting things built that he wants built. And I think he, he will have a, a lead role in that. Um, and I think that that, from a, from, from a Pat Haas perspective, that can only help his his legacy in terms of uh you know improving facilities even more so at Rutgers but I think long term listen the reality is Rutgers is is a really interesting situation right now uh Dr. Robert Barchi is retiring in May at the end of the school year I think Barchi has uh you know he has backed Hobbs throughout all of this through the softball scandal through the entire search um I think what's really going to be interesting to see is when Barchi leaves in May and a new president comes in is is I think we won't know until then what their, the long-term future of Pat Hobbs' as athletic director is, um, I think you won't really, uh, we won't know until then. And I think, uh, you know, it's so important to the success of athletics moving forward of who this president hired is. I really hope it's someone that has Big Ten experience and understands that the role that athletics plays um, because I think that's so important. Um, but I think that, you know, Hobbs obviously, you know, uh, I think he, he's, even though the, the damage is repaired, so to speak, in hiring Shiano, I think there's, you know, he, he he certainly is not thought of in the same way for, with the fan base and with donors as he once was. And I think that that's going to be a very hard hill to climb. Uh, so, I, you know, as for his long-term future, like I said, I think it's really tied to who the next president is and how that new kind of power structure is established. But um, obviously Shiano is, uh, has a very stable 
hold on things right now, an eight-year contract, uh, guaranteed money. Um, and I think that uh, the power dynamic has certainly shifted. Um, but I think that, you know, people understand and the administration understands that that athletics as a whole needs to benefit. But, um, you know, and I know people, including our own Dave White, is concerned about basketball and funding and all of that. But I think, listen, at the end of the day, you need to have a healthy football program for a healthy athletic department. And when the, the football program is, is a national laughing stock and not producing revenue and constantly in the red, you have a major problem. And I think that that, you know, today we, we, we have the first solution to fixing that problem. And I think long term that will ultimately benefit the entire athletic department, uh, whether Pat Hobbs is uh, leading that athletic department or not. It remains to be seen, but I think um, for, from a fan base perspective, you know, this was this was a huge day, and I think it's a victory for the entire athletic department long term. Greg Ciano, the new head coach at Rutgers, Coach Ciano is back for part two as he tries to rebuild the football program once again. Aaron, as always, thanks for joining me on the podcast. You know, it's been a tough or was a tough season for Rutgers football, but this certainly makes the future in Piscataway both next year and going forward for years to come. It makes it a lot more exciting. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I uh, <laughs> I'm still shaking. You know, is it over? Is it definitely gonna be <laughs> over? I mean, uh, this has been a uh, quite a whirlwind, and you know, you and I have talked a lot, and just all the texts and emails I'm getting, and just being on alert all the time. I just I can't believe it's actually come to this. Um, but you know, when we did our, our podcast on uh, the end of September, when when Ash was fired, you know, you asked you asked me, and we talked about it. And we said, you know, Shiano's got to be the guy, and uh, here we are, a little over two months later, and we're finally here. Uh, uh, and uh, I think, yeah, it's um, it's it's a hopeful time. And like I said, the narrative's been flipped flipped backward, flipped upside down, um, and uh, and and hope is alive and well again. So again, time and patience is important, but uh, it's going to be uh, a real exciting ride. And uh, really happy uh, that this is this has happened. And uh, thanks so much for taking the time. We've had a lot of talks over this last uh, <laughs> month, month and a half, and I'm sure we'll have plenty more about the future of the program. But um, you know. I, I think the fans, it, it was my last thing I'll, I'll say is it was really uh, refreshing and encouraging to see how strong the fan base really is just in terms of the power of the fan base of, of, of you know, the, the true outrage that was expressed and, and, and how it helped get to the desired result. We always talk about, I've always said, you know, as fans, it's important to express your opinions, even if they're negative, that doesn't make you a bad fan. Even though some people say that I think, you know, criticism when warranted is important and, and nobody has that power like fans do to an administration. And, and we saw how the governor responded to it. So it really is quite quite a day and, and quite a return for Greg Schiano. And uh, look forward to the ride ahead. Follow On the Banks on Twitter at OTB underscore SB Nation and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Just search On the Banks Podcast.